The Holy Gospel according to Luke chapter 12. Jesus said, I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son and son against daughter, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say it is going to rain, and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say there will be scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. If you're old enough, and in this case I'm defining that as my age or older, you uh, remember the daytime TV show Art Linkletter's House Party, which regularly included a segment called Kids Say the Darndest Things. Remember? Well, once in a while it turns out Jesus said what surely seemed to be the darndest things. And what I just read for you from Luke 12 is surely a case in point. I mean, you were listening, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? Because after you heard me read what I just read, you thought to yourself, Jesus, what are you talking about, right? Because after all, the book of Philippians promises a peace of God that passes all human understanding. The book of Galatians says that the Holy Spirit works in our lives to produce the fruits of love and joy and peace. In Matthew 5, the Beatitudes, leading off the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemakers. In John 14, hours before his death, he says to his disciples, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Luke 2, when the angels announce his birth to those shepherds, keeping watch over their flocks by night, they make the announcement in a heavenly chorus, proclaiming peace on earth. But then along comes today's gospel text, not from Luke 2, but from Luke 12, where Jesus now says seemingly the darndest thing when he says, Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. Surely, I'm not the first one who thinks to that. Say what, Jesus? What's to be made of this Jesus, this elsewhere identified Prince of Peace, whom elsewhere we are told is a king of a kingdom of peace, saying in our text for today, seemingly absolutely the darndest of all things, when he says, do you think that I have come to bring peace? No. I tell you, but rather division. Jesus, what are you talking about? I think 
what he's talking about becomes at least a little more clear when we realize, first of all, for starters, that in these verses he does not say, I did not come to bring peace to my people. Rather, what he says is, I did not come to bring peace to the earth. Indeed, what he seems to be saying as clearly as anything is that precisely because of his coming, there would come division, disruption, unpeace to the earth. Because why? Because I want to say, because listen to this. He is absolutely the Prince of Peace. The King of Kings who absolutely did come to usher in a new kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, a kingdom of peace. But until heaven, when that kingdom will at last be fully known, until then, and the new heaven and the new earth that will, by God, one day be created. Until then, right here, starting here and now, until then, he calls his followers, his disciples, to, on this earth to live our lives in the direction of this coming kingdom and its values. And here's the truth that I hear this passage telling us clearly. Will do that, live in the direction of his kingdom's values, and there will be division. As you are, you can sure as heaven count on being resisted, opposed, maybe even nailed to a cross of one sort or another, by those who have married their hearts and minds and souls to the world's kind of kingdoms and the world's kind of power. David Loos, a former preaching professor at Luther Seminary, says it this way in his commentary on this text on Luther Seminary's Working Preacher website. The division of which Jesus speaks is a result of the purifying fire he bears. For the kingdom he proclaims represents a new order, governed not by, by might but by forgiveness, not by fear but by courage, and not by coercive power but by humility. Yet those invested in the present order, those lured by the temptations of wealth <coughs> and status and power who rule now will resist this coming kingdom, for it spells an end to what they know and love. Jesus, in other words, though coming precisely to establish a rule of peace and a kingdom of peace, will bring division to the world as those enamored with the world's kind of power cling to it, resisting the values, the paths, the ways that he says make for peace. But about the same time that kids were saying the darndest things in the preciously cute and idyllic world of Art Linkletter's house party, at about that same time in the real world, not the one Art Linkletter told us about every day, but the one Walter Cronkite told us about every evening, things weren't idyllic or precious or cute when it came to matters of race and relationships between races, relationships between whites and non-whites in this country. When was that again? A truth that many accept, including me, those who do not remember and learn from their history are destined to repeat it. An additional truth that I accept, 
One thing we do learn from history is that humans don't learn from history. <laughs> At that time in our history, the time of Art Linkletter and Walter Cronkite and simmering, ready to boil over tensions between races in this country, a man, a black man, a, a Baptist minister named Martin Luther King Jr. had a dream. And it was a God kind of dream, a, a kingdom of heaven kind of dream, either because you're old enough or maybe because you're not old enough, but you have read history books. Do you remember his dream? August 28, 1963, this is 56 years ago, like right now. Speaking from the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., I have a dream, King Sal, that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at a table of brotherhood. I have a dream that my four children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream that one day little black boys and little black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and little white girls and walk together as sisters and brothers. This will be the day when all of God's children will be able to sing with a new meaning my country, tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrims' pride, from every mountainside let freedom ring. And when this happens, when we allow freedom to ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black and white, Jew and Gentile, Protestant and Catholic, We'll be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Truly one of the great speeches, which you realize also was one of the great sermons ever delivered in the history of this nation and its churches and its states. A speech and sermon in which Martin Luther King Jr. shared his dream, which wasn't just his dream, right? For his that day weren't just the words of a preacher, they were the words of a prophet. Prophets, according to scripture, being people who actually speak for God. And whose dreams and visions that they dream and call us to envision and strive for are in fact the kingdom of heaven. This is how by God things are meant to be dreams and visions of God. Martin Luther King Jr. taking his cue from the King of Kings, who said things like, blessed are the peacemakers, also said things like, love those who hate you, turn the other cheek to those who strike you. Martin Luther King Jr. taking his marching orders from King Jesus, advocated and organized and participated in intentionally non-violent marches and gatherings in resistance to those in this world who wanted no part of that dream. And in the course of that nonviolent path he walked, King, of course, was mocked, cursed, spit on, fire-hosed, beaten, jailed, 
and finally in 1968 brought down by the violence of an assassin's bullet. Which takes us back to Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Speaking at what first glance do seem to be such counterintuitively confusing words, I did not come to bring peace to earth, but to vision. Because though he of course came to earth precisely to establish a kingdom of peace, there will be, count on it, conflict, division, thoroughly not peace. As those enamored with the world's kind of power and values cling to them, hatefully, stubbornly, violently resisting the values, the paths, the ways that Jesus says make for peace. The conflicts Jesus brings, in other words, is not ever conflict inspired by hate. The conflict he brings is conflict brought about by hate's frightened and cowardly and hateful push back. As a broken world proves over and over and over again that above all what it hates is God's kind of love. God is love and God calls us to be loving. God is truth and God calls us to be truth-telling. God is forgiveness and calls us to be forgiving. God, with arms ever open, calls us to be welcoming. Follow God in this sin-broken world and there surely will at times in your life be pushback, not peace, as those enamored with the world's kind of power and values cling to them, hatefully, stubbornly resisting the values, the paths, the ways that God says make for peace. But remember that for followers of Jesus, for followers of Jesus, there actually is a thing called peace. That peace from above, which passes all human understanding, the peace of the Lord, which may not in this world necessarily bring peacefulness to all of your circumstances, but it can, it will, he can, he will, he does bring peace to the hearts of his own midst all circumstances. For the peace that is the peace of Christ is not found in the absence of difficulty or trouble, but rather in the promise that he is with you always, and that he and his love and his promises at the end of the day and at the end of all days are bigger than all difficulties and all trouble. Listen, it is of course not Art Linkletter and Walter Cronkite's 1960s anymore. But newspaper pages and home pages and Twitter feeds and Facebook posts are still as full as ever with stories of hostilities and hate, oftentimes even claiming the blessing of God. But they actually don't have anything to do with God because they don't have anything to do with love. Jesus said, I did not come to bring peace but division. And the reason it was so and remained so is precisely because he loved the world and still loves the world with love courageous enough to stand up to powers which do not love, even if those powers were quoting Bible verses in opposition to him. And oppose him they did, 
quote Bible verses they did, hate him and hurt him they did, nail him to a cross and say hell with him they did, and love, love he did. As from the cross, Father forgive them they know not what they do, he said, with more strength and courage and greatness than any other human ever has ever spoken with. Which I think leaves you with the difference between those who use a God or God talk to get their way and those who offer themselves to the ways of God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one group will inflict suffering if that's what it takes to get what they desire. The other group is willing to suffer if that's what it takes for God to get what God desires. God is love, be loving. God is truth, be truth-telling. God is forgiveness, be forgiving. God's arms are wide open, be welcoming. And don't be surprised, that's what Jesus tells us today, don't be surprised by sin's pushback. But don't give in to it either. Rather, with courage, with strength, with greatness from him. Well, God is grace. Be amazing. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, be with you and abide with you always.